So if you clicked on the link to listen to this episode, you're probably a little skeptical, but you've made it this far. So I ask that you stay with me. We're going to start the conversation with a grounding exercise, something I wanna try to incorporate into episodes moving forward where it makes sense. So we can get present, get connected, and let everything around us just wash away. I want you to start by closing your eyes and take a deep breath in through your nose and release slowly through your mouth. And one more time, deep breath in through your nose and release slowly through your mouth. One of the reasons I think it's so important to get into the right headspace for our conversation today is because what I have to say is probably not something you've heard before. And I want and need you to be fully present to take it all in. And I'll be honest, I debated with whether I should launch the new focus of the podcast with an episode on spirituality and your journey to finding fulfilling work. The fear that it would turn people off, that some may think of me as this new age hippy-dippy woman full of fluff and no substance. But I hope if you're thinking that, that I can prove you wrong. For those of you that don't know me, I will say that I'm as practical and pragmatic as they come. And for me, exploring spirituality and its connection to everything in my life is a newly articulated concept. And I'm on the journey with you, discovering the power and the possibilities of it. 2020 was a year that almost knocked me down. The global pandemic and the changes to how we all interact as human beings aside, I had a lot of change. Some I sought out and some I didn't. I changed jobs after nearly six years at a company I once loved. I had a breakup that pushed me to question my own ability to trust myself and my own gut instincts. And like everyone else, I had and have this fear of the potential of this life-ending virus looming over my family and I. But through leaning further into gratitude, movement, meditation, and focusing on simple pleasures, along with investing in therapy to focus on being kinder to myself, trusting in the things I can't control, and knowing experiences are happening for me versus to me. I've discovered the power of leaning further into spirituality, and it is the grounding and the foundation for the conversations to come on this podcast and our journey together. I truly believe that without this as our starting point and our base, we won't get all that far together. And let's be clear on one thing before we jump in further. As author Marianne Williamson in her book, Return to Love says, your playing small does not serve the world. In fact, everyone is better off when you are living to your highest potential. And you know what? Despite what anyone may have told you, you deserve to take up all the space in the world that you desire. As women of color, we are the product of our environments, the cultures in which we've been raised, our minority status, and the experiences and the trauma our parents, grandparents, and ancestors went through, those are not easily brushed off or escaped. We can't separate our lived experience from our day-to-day work and navigating the negotiation of when and how we can and cannot bring our authentic and whole selves to work is very real for all of us. We don't always have role models, roadmaps to success, clear pathways that afford us the freedom to make choices on our terms. 
we often find ourselves in environments where success feels unattainable because we don't see ourselves represented. Our journeys as women of color look and feel different, but that does not mean our worthiness is any less. Let that sink in for a moment and imagine the possibilities for your life if you stopped playing small. And here's the thing, where there is something in your life that feels unfulfilled for you, there is deep inner work to be done. I believe in the core of my being that if you're struggling to come across work that fulfills you, if you found yourself chasing career paths that paid you a lot of money but left you feeling empty, or that fulfilled your parents' expectations of what you should do, but failed to give you that feeling of being lit up at the thought of going to work each day, or if you're struggling to land that opportunity where you don't feel like you have to settle post-graduation or post-layoff, there is something deeper than you not doing the hard work to network, deeper than you not using the right type of resume, or deeper than you thinking you just didn't have the luck that others around you might have had. I truly believe that if something doesn't come easy for you, be it love, relationships, career fulfillment, financial freedom, health, that it means you have to embark on a journey that requires you to do the inner work. And that's why it's important for me to start our time together on this journey to career fulfillment in a place of reflection and connection to something beyond that which you can immediately control. You can call it a relationship with God. You can call it the universe. You can define it as spirituality or whatever you want. Whatever you call it, I really don't care. As author Catherine Woodward Thomas in her book, Calling in the One, says, I have no interest in converting anyone. So as long as you're open to hearing how going inward, getting really quiet and doing the work to uncover and even deconstruct the things you've been told you need to land that dream job or that fulfilling path, then you're on the right track. I'm also not naive enough to think that everyone will get it or agree. Part of the journey of understanding what you really want comes from the trial and error process, from falling down and from perhaps even going down a path that may not be the most fulfilling long-term choice. Sometimes you hear things when you're ready to receive them, and right now may not be the right time for you to hear this, and that's okay. But if you are ready to change your thinking on how to find that alignment of your core values to work that lights you up, that brings you deep fulfillment and puts that pep in your step, even if those steps are fewer because you're quarantining and just commuting to your home office these days, then I encourage you to listen on. And it's important for me to say that most of us are in positions that are very different from that of our parents and previous generations before them. We have this abundance of choice and opportunity and much of our options come in our willingness to access that which is in front of our faces. You might be a child of immigrants like myself. My parents, immigrants from Pakistan who moved to Canada over 40 years ago didn't have that much choice in the decisions they made around a career that aligned with their heart's desire. They would likely listen to this and roll their eyes wondering what Canada has done to their kid. They chose opportunities that would put food on our table and each choice to move jobs or change career paths was mainly rooted in economic gain, no matter how small. Because of the sacrifices my parents made, I recognize that I am now the sufferer of first world problems. You may be in much of the same boat. 
my generation and those after me arguably have had access to all this education, knowledge sharing and information at our fingertips. And from that, we get on this quest to discover the right path and perhaps jump around to find that perfect fit. But let's have an honest moment here and say it like it is. All of this is exhausting and overwhelming. And I'm here to say that it doesn't have to continue to be exhausting and overwhelming, but it will require work. To be honest, you've got some work to do to reframe the process for yourself because you've probably been fed the wrong advice for a long time. You may have been following the roadmaps and pathways of someone else's dreams, or maybe you're expecting it to be easy. Perhaps you're comparing your path to someone else's. You may expect that dream job to fall into your lap or for your parents to have the perfect vision of what your career needs to look like, or for money to somehow be the only driving force that keeps you in pursuit of your goals. And maybe you believe that you won't go on a journey to get there, but you will. And it's going to require you to get out of your own way and allow what's meant to be to come to the surface. And if you know me well, you know I dabble in self-improvement, like it is a second job. And I read a lot in this arena, along with surrounding myself with people who do much of the same. And since as far back as I can remember, since I was a little girl, my hero and the best friend in my head has been Oprah Winfrey as it was through her platform that I started to think about self-improvement and more importantly, my relationship with God in a very different way. See, I grew up Muslim and to be honest, many of the ways in which I was taught to engage with God was through a lens of guilt for not doing enough to engage God or show God I was a true believer. In fact, the language I was used to, used to talk to God was not one I really ever understood. And the pathways in which I had been taught as the only pathways to connect weren't ones that ever really resonated with me. Not a great recipe for finding abundance in the relationship and not the way that I approach it today. You know, I credit a lot of my values, my compassion, and the ways in which I look at the world through a lens of service and giving back to my Muslim upbringing. But I credit much of my growth to date around spirituality to Oprah, who so passionately used her platform to get people to recognize that doing the inner work was just as important, if not more important than doing the outer work in life. She may have detoured a few times and, you know, even in the late 80s when she literally carted out 67 pounds of fat on a red wagon to show her from her upteenth weight loss challenge on her show. She never lost credibility points with me, even after that. She made conversations about God and spirituality feel accessible and beautiful. And very recently, I was listening to Oprah's Super Soul Conversations podcast on love and connection. And something she said stopped me in my tracks. It's that if you use your life to serve the world, you will discover the myriad of ways the world offers itself to serve you. I believe in the core of my being that if you find a way to be of service to others, the path to fulfillment will be full of moments that light you up. I also believe that each of us was born with our own individual talents and gifts. And when those gifts are used to service others in even the smallest of ways, you are leaning into your purpose. You using those gifts and talents to support the experiences of other people is an active act of service in a way that allows your life to be about someone else other than just yourself. And it removes ego from the equation. 
And that, my friends, is something most of us are never taught about in connection to finding fulfilling work. If you make it about other people and how you can use your God-given talents to uplift, to serve, to evolve others, the pathways to fulfillment become so much more accessible. And for me, life has always found a way to humble me when I'm on the wrong path. And it's often where I found myself in jobs I absolutely hated, working in pursuit of a fancy title or a bigger paycheck. I've taken big risks in my career path more than once because of it. Going back to school at the age of 30, quitting my six-figure job in senior leadership at a company I once loved, that I found myself feeling stifled and frustrated within, and in the middle of a global pandemic, no less, all because nothing was in alignment with my bigger purpose and where service was either non-existent or found in only fleeting moments. So trust me when I say I speak from experience and I'm on this journey alongside with you. And I'll have a very honest moment with you and say that my current job isn't my dream job. It's quite far from it. But taking this role was very intentional to serve a bigger dream baked in service and the desire for myself to inspire and to teach future generations of HR talent. I intentionally pursued the opportunity I am in now to provide me a depth of knowledge in a very unique and complex environment that I couldn't replicate elsewhere. So that one day soon I can take all this knowledge, education, and passion and feed it back to HR students to change the ways in which they see the possibilities for themselves, their influence, and their impact in the world. I also took the role so I could separate my identity from my work and create space for this work, to have a job that no longer defined me, but paid my bills and allowed me enough financial freedom to do the work I know I was born to do. And that's where my next point comes in. In order to find that fulfilling work, that career to love, you must create space for it. We spend so much time working to make an income and provide ourselves with the life that we want. Don't make finding that which you are passionate about an option. Make it a priority. Schedule time in your calendar. Find whatever formula works for you and stick with it. At least once a week, remove yourself from distractions and make no excuses to spend a minimum of an hour on the work. And it's going to take a good amount of work to get you there. Lots of self-reflection, lots of research, lots of asking questions of yourself and others, lots of time focusing on banishing those, but I can't excuses. You don't want to be the one with all that potential that never fully lived up to it because you were too busy making a paycheck. And by space, I don't just mean creating it for that which you can control. I mean creating space to also get really quiet and to go inwards. Creating space to ask yourself the questions that you've probably been taught to quiet. What are those moments where you feel the most alive, where time disappears and you go into a zone of forgetting about all the things that make you feel unsure? Where you don't question yourself. What is that voice deep inside of you asking you to notice, to pay attention to? As the newest best friend in my head and author, Glennon Doyle says, who were you before the world told you who to be? That little girl within you had dreams and desires and had ideas of what your life was supposed to look like based in the purest moments of joy and in the simplicity of childhood. Bring her back. Sit in silence and see what comes to you. And here's some straight talk for all of us. 
One of the most important steps in your journey is rooted in learning to tame your inner critic. As women of color, we are often not given many passes. We don't always have the ability to say I'm having a bad day or I'm not myself today without going internal and beating ourselves up or getting into a game of comparison to those that have more privilege than us. We feel like we always have to be on. Yet we have so much to celebrate about ourselves that should be the driving forces of our joy. We don't have to dig very deep to find the things that make us unique. We have richness in our cultures and our stories and beauty in the art of difference that defines our existence. We have journeys that look and feel different and we must start to tell ourselves that we are worth the effort, worth the energy, worth the commitment and worth the access. And that's not an easy thing to do for many of us who are brought up to believe our lives are not complete without sacrifice, without marriage and children and appeasing other people's ideals. For those of us that are taught to make our parents proud, who carry guilt as children of immigrants or those who carry the deep desire for more, we have to unlearn a lot of things about what's possible for ourselves and it starts with how we speak about the possibilities of our lives on our terms. I'm not saying any of this is easy, but a little kindness and grace for yourself will go a long way. Because you know what? You were born worthy. Your presence on this earth is a gift. And half the battle of enjoying the experience is learning to go inward to trust in your innate worthiness. You could literally stop accomplishing tomorrow. You could never have done a thing to make yourself or your parents proud and you would still be worthy. You would still be that blessing to those that get to be in your life. Remember that. And lastly, and probably most importantly, and by design most difficult to lean into, you have to surrender to the process. My dear friend Susan, who is a true confidant and sister in my life, recently posted something on her social media feed that struck such a chord with me. It was a quote from Pastor Stephen Furtick that said, God's timing is designed to teach you to trust. Let that sink in for a moment. Trust requires an element of surrender that means taking it out of your hands and giving it to something bigger than yourself. Now, I also genuinely believe that you have to meet the universe or God halfway, that you can lean into manifestation through your thoughts, but that your actions must demonstrate your faith and core belief in the possibilities. Surrender requires you to be an active participant in your own journey to fulfillment, while also not trying to actively control and fully control the process. If that's a hard concept to wrap your head around, it's probably because you will have to exercise patience and push past many moments where you don't feel like it's happening fast enough for you, or you feel like it may never happen for you at all. This may not be such a lesson for me in my career path anymore, but trust me when I say I'm deep in the lesson with you in other ways. I'm 41 years old and single with no exciting prospects in reach in the middle of a global pandemic where meeting strangers is kind of a non-existent thing. Trust me, I get the struggle, the deep struggle of being patient and the vulnerability that it takes to even say that out loud to virtual strangers on the internet is beyond that which I can explain. But I'm actively engaging and going deeper into surrender to trust the timing too. 
You know, I'm always amazed at my younger self for expecting the journey to be easy and for the answers to just fall into my lap. This bright-eyed optimism only served me so much for so long. And I hope that it does come easier for you. But if it doesn't, I hope you found some food for thought here, some insight and perspective that will allow you to ask yourself the questions perhaps no one else is giving you the space to ask when it comes to finding that fulfilling career path or that job you're not having to settle for. And if it's not clear by now, I will remind you that this podcast journey isn't about career planning basics. It's about strategy that will allow you as a woman of color to level up and will ask you to take risks to move your life in the direction of all its possibilities. As Glennon Doyle says, the braver I am, the luckier I get. And here's to all of us being a bit more brave tomorrow than we were able to be today. If you haven't taken a moment, I would love for you to be part of the conversation with me for the long term. Hit subscribe on your favorite podcast player and tune in every two weeks for new episodes and conversations. If you're so inclined, I would love for you to leave a review or for you to connect with me to tell me how I can be a further service to you. My contact details are always left in the description box of each episode. And I'm so grateful for each of you coming along on the journey with me, trusting me and giving me all of this space to be my true authentic self. I can't wait for what comes next.